0: Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about how we can crucify sin. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're going to talk about how, as Christians, we must crucify sin daily. Once we accept God's grace, God calls us to live a victorious life in our battle against sin. And I saw someone once write, and rightfully so, that this victory that we're supposed to have isn't by the skin of our teeth. Romans 8.37 says that we are to be more than conquerors. And 2 Corinthians 2.14 says that God will always lead us into triumph. You know, Paul answers the question about how we should respond to the grace of God, which doesn't depend on our works, while so serving God. He writes in Romans 6, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. King James says, God forbid, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Paul continues in verse 5, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. You know, Baptism is supposed to be a crucifixion. It's the death of our old self, so a new person can rise up. We die to live. In verse 8, Paul says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. And the life he lives, he lives to God. You know, when we crucify our sinful lives, we can't go back. In a Bible class I was teaching, someone brought up the practical reality of this metaphor. And when you kill something, you want to get it in a freezer. You want to get it in the ground soon. Otherwise, it starts rotting, it starts smelling, and you don't want to carry that around with you. And it's the same with sin. When you crucify sin, when you enter the waters of baptism, your sin dies, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Master, and you need to put that sin in the ground and leave it there. You don't want to carry it around. It smells. And so Paul finishes answering this question about whether we can keep on sinning under grace by saying in verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Don't offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. We need to crucify sin. Don't let it be our master any longer. Accept a new master in Christ. And as Christians, we know this is a reality of our day-to-day life, a, a constant battle with sin. The Romans knew it too. That's why Paul answered the way he did. Should we keep on sinning so grace can increase? By no means. Of course not. Are you kidding me? Paul seems to say. Deep down, we know that living a life of sin is incongruent with our life with Christ. But it can be a daunting task to fully crucify everything of our past. How can we do it? How can we crucify sin once and keep it buried? Well, first, it has to start with Christ. We can't do it on our own. Now, I've said it before, But this is one of the reasons New Year's resolutions hardly ever work. It's because resolutions are based on our own resolve. But to live a victorious life, we need Christ's resolve. Jesus says something incredible in Revelation 3, To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. You know, Christ reigns victorious, and he is willing to share in that victory, to share his throne with us. How incredible is that? You know We already know that through Jesus' sacrifice, we can be forgiven from past sin, but here Jesus is saying that I can also overcome sin. I can be victorious as Christ was victorious right now. I need to look to Christ, see how he did it, and rely on his strength to share in his victory. Second, I have to humble myself. Philippians 2, 5 says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus was in heaven with God, but he voluntarily came for our sakes. What an act of humility. But according to Philippians, this isn't even the ultimate act of humility. As a human being, like all of us, he found that he had a self-will that was not in agreement with the fathers. He didn't want to die. He overcame his tendency to follow his will instead of God's right to the cross. And we have to carry out his pledge if we want to crucify sin too. Not my will, but yours be done. Humility is the mind of Christ, and it's the basis of receiving God's grace and conquering sin. Third, I need to pray and root myself in the word of God. Again, taking the example of Christ, Hebrews 5 says, During his days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who would save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Jesus, like all of us, fought a desperate battle against the sin in his flesh. His fervent cries and tears were heard because they are genuine. They were the result of wanting to serve God. And he knew, and we must know, that we need to talk to our father to conquer sin. But we also need to listen to him. God's word is a sword, according to Ephesians 6.17. It's the absolute truth, a powerful weapon against Satan's and sin's deceit. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, his reply always started with, It is written in Matthew 4. Root yourself in the word of God because you need this weapon to crucify sin. Finally, we need to suffer. That may not be what we want to hear, but 1 Peter 4 says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin if you are suffering, you are denying sin the opportunity to flourish. This isn't Christ suffering on the cross that Peter's talking about. He's talking about the cross that Christ picked up daily and denying his will and aligning what he did with the fathers. Christ's disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross. It costs something. It costs my will. It costs my life. Our master Victorious, and he has offered to share in his victory by showing us the way. This is the path that Jesus took, and if I follow him in that path, that is how I can crucify sin, and that is how I can share his throne. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and we look forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey, thanks for watching.